Hello, I'm Asa Anna, interviewing artists and creatives about how to harness art making and creativity to amplify issue-based advocacy campaigns. Throughout history, activists, organizers, and protesters have used clothing to give visual currency to different socio-political movements around the world. Some wear uniforms and some dress to express their individuality. Activists of the civil rights movement to the more recent Black Lives Matter protesters use fashion as a way to express oneself about a cause. No better to discuss how fashion plays a role in advocacy than Daniel Greer. He's the founder of Splashed by DKG. Daniel, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Sure. Daniel, your work is bold. It makes a statement with intention. What made, motivated you to use fashion uh, um, this way? How did you get started? My story is very funny because I actually didn't start with being, you know, an activist, an artist, none of that in mind. Um, as a kid, of course, I always expressed myself creatively. Um, I was an only child um, from two working parents, so I would always be creating things at home. Still never, like coming from Birmingham, Alabama, I never really thought a career in fashion or style or anything like that was something that was encouraged or something that I saw people really do and make a living. So as I uh, grew up and just started, I guess, trying to figure out the, the clear path, the Alabama way, you know, find a good job, get your 401k and do all of that, um, it just wasn't, it was just, it felt like I was further from who I really was as myself. So um, when I was finishing up my junior year of college, um, life would have it, I started going through some things. I felt like I was at a very low point in life. And basically, I just decided in order to go on, I just needed to just finally be the person who I wanted to be. And no matter if I knew the path or not, just go figure it out, do things that make you happy, create, you know, style, whatever. But still, at that time, it was never like, oh, you're going to go on to talk about issues like domestic violence or all of that. What happened was once I did start my clothing brand, and I was just happy, honestly, (laughs) being able to show the clothes off, the tie-dye, the bold print, and to have my friends model different diverse um, individuals to model because I've always saw the world like that um, as just everybody. Um, So certain things like that were just who I was that was put out there. But then, you know, life gets real. I had a a model who was murdered by um, her son's father. And I started looking into domestic violence and want to speak out about that. She was an incredible person. Um, After that, it just other things came up. I feel like um, my community, the black community in particular, were kind of wrestling with the idea of what what a man's role in society was. So that piqued my interest a lot. Uh, I didn't feel like I fit what they were were defining. So then I went out to make a statement about that, to have conversations about that, to create clothing about that. And what I found was also if you want the community to support you and pay for things, to um, support your business, buy your products, it's, you should always giving back in some type of way, like your brand or whatever you're doing to be adding value to that community. And so that simple concept of me just feeling like, my purpose really in life is to add value, to speak out for certain things, even if, even when it's been uncomfortable for me. Um, it just would make me more bothered not to say anything. And it's for a lot of people. I even remember about second grade, we had to eat lunch with uh, like the disabled kids as well. And I remember 
my table would just be like, oh, my God, this is happening, that's happening. I'm just like, you know what? We're all human. We're all people. We You can't talk about things. These people can't control. And I just remember everybody looking at me like, oh, so you're <laughs> going to be our next target. And I didn't really know how that worked at the time. But that was me honing my voice. So really that's that's what I feel like I do best is I know who I am. I know um, my values. I know uh, what I have a strong sense of what's right. I lead with my heart most of the time. And, um, yeah, so I just go into these spaces and speak out and do all of that. And I have the pleasure of also adding fashion, which is something that I love. I get to um, help people express their businesses or express, you know, being black is my power or whatever mm-hmm. they feel like saying or speaking out about. Maybe they don't feel comfortable saying it, you know, out loud, but they could wear a jacket or um, a trench coat or something that's going to cause a conversation with the people that's behind you or the people that walk by you. Um, And yeah, like you said in the intro, fashion has been a very powerful way to build community when it comes to things that need to be disrupted about. And um, that did frighten me a bit when it first started happening when I because you imagine if you speak out about things they're going to piss somebody off Mm -hmm. and so I don't really love that part but um, I do have a passion for equality for people being able to express themselves and have the same human rights as all of us and uh, yeah so that I I think I said a whole lot but yeah yeah I mean I'm just thinking design that's why I'm still into design Um, I just love the fact that even now I have clients who will think of different things that they want to say and they the first person they think of is me to be able to make that statement for them and we make a splash that's pretty interesting because it seems like that you you found your voice and used fat and tell me if i'm wrong and then found fashion to amplify that voice rather than finding fashion as a means to uh find you know what you, you see see what i'm saying like I- you had, no, I totally agree yeah. with you. I feel like it was always there like a security blanket before mm-hmm. I even knew it. Right. I look at baby pictures of me, and I only my mom would say, you were like this when you wear stuff like that, or when I, right. like, very early on, you were picking out your own clothes. You knew how to iron it, you know, a toddler and all this stuff. So I do feel like it was always there for me. It's, it's my, it has been my comfort zone, and like you said, it is what helped me hone my voice right. because it gave me the confidence to do so. And what's so brilliant about your no, work? I totally agree with that. And what's so brilliant about the, your work now is that people are coming to you saying, "I have something to say, and it needs to be expressed, for which you can help me deliver." So you're empowering others to say things, um, which, which I think is amazing. Which that's is amazing. a superpower. I still yeah. kind of think that's kind of crazy sometimes. It's so powerful. When it happens, right? Especially sometimes who it's happened for, like specifically. Um, the first artist, the first celebrity that I worked with who wanted to make this profound statement um, on an album cover. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, you know, this is really something that is, like you said, it's empowering people, mm-hmm. and I'm honored to do it, honestly. Mm-hmm. Has it ever gone wrong? Like, have you ever tried to express something and it just did not deliver the right way, or were there partners or clients that came in? Um, any barriers to maybe speaking about your work to non-artists? Um. <laughs> that is an excellent question. <laughs> I've never been asked that. I love this. Um, so th- to give you my honest answer, mm-hmm. I have ruined some clothes, yes, 
typically it's not the one that I'm putting a message on mm-hmm. because I can easily just repaint it or something like that, which that happens. Clients like, oh, we change this word here or there. But to specifically answer your question, I think my delivery as a person, because I can be quite blunt, um, mm-hmm. that has gotten me kind of to where I needed to revisit some conversations and I guess Interesting. share my meaning. I'm a passionate person. I talk with my hands. I get a little mm-hmm. loud sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's always been rectified. I think people, now they, they see the passion, they get it. But there was a little journey in there where I felt like I was very misinterpreted, um, but mainly when I was speaking out loud. Yeah. I'm going to tell you another thing. Sure. It wasn't even about um, my passion, but I tend to see the best in people. And once I see that, like with my team and people that I work with, I tend to want to push you to reach that potential. Right. And that's when people are like, oh, my goodness, I think you're taking me too far. Or maybe they don't believe how I believe in their right. own self. But that has affected me in the partner that I had in, in the brand um, initially. We worked together for many, many years, but I did feel like that was not something they were accustomed to. Right. And it's something that we kind of had to work through a little bit, but it was for the best. I mean, we're both doing quite well. So That's actually a really, um, a really... Um, yeah, that's, that's the best answer to that. Well, that's a really a astu- <laughs> like, If I can get my delivery vocally down, we'll yeah. be good. <laughs> well, that's a very astute... I mean, you're so self-aware about this because I, me too, as an artist, I think I see the beauty in everything and the consequences of that are many. Like it sounds wonderful and that positivity and you want to push people, but some people just don't want to be pushed. They don't want to go move into these spaces um, because that, that makes them feel very vulnerable and very, um, you know, so that's actually very self-aware. I've never heard anyone articulate those challenges in that way and I think I'm I tend to do the same thing you, you feel like you 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 see that you see so much potential in people and their their ability to express themselves and say hey you have a voice let me help you um that's actually interesting how do you balance the I mean would you define yourself as an activist um that did come up a few years ago when I just almost say when I when there were certain things that started happening that I just could not even rest at night mm-hmm. um I felt like you know you feel propelled you feel like called purpose to do something like let me I don't know if it's make a t-shirt for people who are marching or or what but you feel like I cannot not do anything I can't just yeah. watch this I can't sit on the sidelines and fortunately for me I think I have always, because I come from Birmingham, Alabama, which if anybody who's listening to this doesn't know about that place, it's a very deep civil rights history place. So I feel like that's in our DNA anyway. So mm-hmm. you see something crazy or, or people are doing crazy things, you got to do something. we got to show up at a city council meeting or something. Well, mine, I just happen to have a little platform, and I can say some things or put clothes out there and gain community by expressing myself because people know enough by now almost nine years in that i'm not just gonna i don't even share things if i don't like believe in the event or know much about it right i'm very intentional about what i do and so yeah i do i guess activists in the word of like started marches and doing things like that i have not done it in that way but in activism 
in fashion, challenging different organizations to make sure they have a diverse board, they have a diverse team, a diverse staff, mm-hmm. that even when I present my clothes on different stages in predominantly um, white spaces or things like that, that I have proper representation for what I look like and mm-hmm. what my world looks like. So when I started doing things like that and kind of it was ruffling feathers, mm-hmm. I, I didn't just call myself that, neither did I call myself a designer or an artist. These were things that came along the way as I heard people describe me, mm-hmm. and I do feel like designer. I never really soaked up that one because I felt like it was just one little piece of what I do. Right. Um, an artist at the core of me, because I love to put on shows, I love to put mm-hmm. on panel discussions, I love to do anything that gets people together and builds community to where I'm not even saying we have to get in the room and agree on, oh, who has the best prize. No, let's get in here and really talk about the problem, talk about the solution also, and then what can we do about it? Mm-hmm. And even if that's the only thing that I do is create that space for the conversation to happen, I feel right. like that's amazing because a lot of people these days are, um, I'm just going to say it, true, uh, I feel like people are just really self-absorbed these days, and it's all about me, me, me. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't often like to put ourselves in other people's shoes, and I mean, who would? It's quite uncomfortable. Right. But the shoes that I've had to wear for 36 years now have been quite interesting. Right. I feel like they're better now, but <laughs> they were quite interesting coming up. So it, 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 it makes me feel a way to see people who are like disabled for instance and they want to be in a fashion show just because they're in a wheelchair maybe people don't select them to show mm-hmm. garments well i'm going to find a way to do it because i just feel like it's the right thing to do and not just because they're disabled because i at some point wanted to be seen as right. a young artist even when i started as modeling I, I obviously wanted to be seen and i feel like all people want to be seen and heard Mm-hmm. So that's just more of what I challenge myself to do now, and that is seemingly more activism than anything else. Right. Well, what you're saying here, too, is that um, by by way of fashion, by way of your artistic sensibilities and your voice, you developed a community. And that out of that community, you created capital. You have power now. And you're using that kind of capital uh to make decisions on behalf of the community and trying to influence the way the community is interacting with themselves and with you and with your work, um, which I, which I find fascinating, which is, which is sometimes I, I think we don't understand how much capital we actually really do have, you know, how much power we do yield or, or, or could yield, um, which I, I think is interesting. Um, well, Daniel, this was a great, great conversation. I can't thank you enough. I mean, I think, what we're what I want to do is um, try to find out how artists, you know, really amplify their work through uh, advocacy work, advocacy campaigns. Um, and you've articulated and illustrated it quite eloquently. Uh, the the things that you're passionate about and how fashion is a platform for um, for your work. How how can people find out more about you? So people can find out about my work. My brand is Splashed by DKG. I'm going to spell it as P-L-A-S-H-E-D-B-Y-D-K-G.com is the website. Um, and a part of the real, I guess, activism work that I'm saturated in right now is Magic City Fashion Week, which was 
um, to I, I want to say this to further your point about capital because mm-hmm. that did kind of make me sit and think about that for a second. Mm-hmm. I do think sometimes when I look at uh, my reach on social and things like that, I have felt like, oh, notice I say little platform and things like that. Um, it's not to shade the people because it's amazing. They keep me going. I remember so many during the pandemic who reached out to me, even wanted to know how they could send me tips or like cash mm-hmm. out me stuff. Like I have the most amazing people who support um, what I do and the things that I put out. Um, but I guess sometimes when you look at, oh, it's not a 50K or 100K, sometimes people get, they feel a way about that. But I've always felt like I I needed to be purposeful in in this space. And mm-hmm. I do consider it more of a purpose than a job or anything like that. So, um, yeah, Slash by DKG is, is the brand and how I put the art and how I put my art out through that medium. And Magic City Fashion Week is more of like a big community where we celebrate designers, hairstylists, models, um, pretty much everybody who is in the art community um, here is really special to me because um, we're building a lot of um, community with the community. Like, I'm meeting a lot of Indian people now, a lot of Asian people. There there will be Indian representation on the runway, which I'm extremely ex- excited about because that's never happened mm-hmm. um, under my program. And mm-hmm. I know it was only what, four years, but I have things projected. I've wanted to unify the community in Birmingham so bad because it's, it's still extremely divided. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm very proud of that. So I do hope people that listen to this check those um, mediums out. I have several other things, too. I was doing panels and all that kind of stuff, but I had to slow down on that because they were live and, you know, we've gone through this whole mm-hmm. pandemic thing. So I thank you for having me on your platform to have this awesome conversation. Um, I, I do appreciate the work that you guys are doing and bringing people to the table um, to express really why they do the work and, and, and really getting into that of why they do what they do and what makes them tick. I, I, I really appreciate that. Well, thank you. Thank you, Daniel. It's a blessing that you're in our world and you're doing so many amazing things and you're changing people's lives. Um, this podcast was produced at the Center for Media Innovation at Point Park University in downtown Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And thank you for listening.